0: there and welcome to On Your Terms. Holy cannoli, can you believe this is 50? Episode number 50. 50 episodes? That might not seem like a lot to anybody else, but it definitely does to me. I just started On Your Terms last July after wanting to have a podcast for a really long time, but not pulling the trigger on it because of what I'm going to tell you in a couple of minutes. Um, And maybe you can relate if you've ever wanted to like start a podcast, a YouTube channel, anything really but you've been afraid to, you'll probably relate to why I didn't start a podcast earlier. And I got the gift of gab from my dad. My dad, <laughs> the number one thing that people came up and told me about my dad at his funeral. What recently was that, uh, that guy loved to talk and he wanted to talk to anybody and everybody. And I got that same thing from him. So I never have trouble having a lot to say. I have a lot of opinions about a lot of different things, but I actually don't always say it, right? Like, especially in the business. And so the podcast has been a really fun, like part of expression for me within the business. And it's been why I've like played with having legal podcast episodes and then these more behind the scenes ones. Um, and I just think like more than anything. This podcast has been the biggest connection point to you. Uh, other than my email list, I feel like I get so many like comments and, and and like kind messages and just thoughtful replies about something that you thought of or took away from or did differently because of something you've listened to on this podcast. So it's been really, really cool. And I've had a lot of fun in these 50 episodes. Well, technically 49, not done this one yet, but I've had a lot of fun. And I feel like I've learned a lot. And I've grown my business through this podcast. I've grown my email list through this podcast. I've made sales directly through it. And so I thought that today would be a good time to sit down and talk about what I've learned 50 episodes in starting a podcast so that you can apply it to your own podcast um, or even start your own podcast if you haven't already, if that's something that you've considered. Before we get into what I've learned from starting a podcast and how you can take these tips to make them your own I have to read to you the review of the week. So Amanda, the coach said, I purchased Sam's Ultimate Bundle in fall 2021 as my very first step in starting my brand new company. And then I started listening to her podcast. In addition to being a legal expert who somehow always answers my questions before I've asked them, she is a successful businesswoman who does not hold back on sharing great advice to start and run a growing business with a solid foundation. Everything she offers is super high quality and worth my time and energy. I love that she continues to connect me with other experts too through her podcasts and other offers. Thank you so much, Amanda. That was so sweet of you to write as a review of On Your Terms on Apple Podcast. If you leave a review in Apple podcasts of my show on your terms, you'll be entered to win a $20 Starbucks gift card. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple. That's it. We just comb through and we automatically pick a winner every single month. So be sure to, after you listen to this episode, just take one quick sec, review the show, leave a little feedback, and you might even get a shout out on a future episode. So in this episode, I'm going to talk with you about where people go wrong with podcasts. Some of the biggest mistakes that I see with people who want to start our own podcast or already have, but it's not going where they want it to go. I also am going to share with you how I actually felt when I started this podcast and why I almost didn't start it. We'll also chat about how to position your podcast for the right listeners to actually grow it and have it actually support your business and not just be a for fun side project unless it actually is a for fun side project, which is totally fine. We just want to be clear on our goal. And last but not least, we're also going to talk about the social media strategy and tips that you need to boost listeners. And it's some of the places that I feel like I had the most stumbling blocks, have made the most improvement, and have seen the biggest, uh, like results and change from making those changes. So um, I'm excited to chat with you guys about this today. So, like most marketing channels, you know, whether it's a podcast, a YouTube channel, an Instagram, doesn't matter. People tend to start out with the wrong like hope and goal, right? They're like, I want to start this so that I have a million downloads or so that I have this big sponsorship or this many followers or this many subscribers or whatever. And unfortunately, that's just a really bad way to start out because it's going to take a long time. Like I thought this was really interesting as somebody who started a podcast way later in her business, right? So I had I had an email list with tens of thousands of people on it. I had followers, tens of thousands on Instagram, all this kind of stuff, and then started a podcast. It's easy to fall into that trap of like, well, clearly I'll just start this and then everyone will start listening to it. And that's that, right? And it'll automatically be popular and we'll have to work at it. But somehow even like in the beginning of of people's businesses, when they don't have maybe that email list already built up or the follower count built up or whatever else, they still think like, oh, I'm going to create this thing, right? Like everybody had that moment when we created our website and hit publish. And then you're like, where are all of the people? Why isn't everybody coming in through Google already? Right. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. (laughs) So I think that like with a podcast, It's bad to start out with these vanity metrics to begin with, because they do take a long time. And even if you have an audience, you're not guaranteed, right? I definitely had like a stronger foundation going into this, given that like I had had a business for five years when I when I started it. And so I had people who liked other stuff that I did. And so when I emailed about a podcast, it was like, oh, cool, a podcast, right? But even then, it has taken a lot of time. Like, I actually feel like only recently the numbers really started to tick up where we saw like significant improvement like month over month. But before it was like we were just seeing like little, 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 little and those little things they add up. But then it seemed like more recently it it'd been a little bit of like a bump each month, a bump next month, um, maybe even going down a little bit still higher than the several months prior. Then it goes up again. So it's a little it's very interesting to me. Um, just don't ever take any of this stuff for granted. You know, I don't care how many followers you have or what you think or whatever. It's still going to take work. It's going to take work. So I think people make the assumption that one, they're going to create something and it's instantly going to go out you know, viral on the internet. But two, is that like by starting out focusing on these vanity metrics, you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment because that is going to take time. They also, I think people focus a little bit too much on like what they want to say or what they want to talk about is if it's like a talk show, right? Um, you know, like it's, I don't know, <laughs> the Drew Barrymore show or something. I don't know why that was. That was a terrible example because I actually don't enjoy that show. But when I was out of work for a while, like, um you know, mourning the loss of my dad and I just had TV on more often than not, Um, her show would always come on. But, you know, we're that's not the point of a podcast. Right? Not this kind of podcast, not for what we do. And we're going to talk about today, like what the point really should be of a podcast for your business versus like What I think a lot of people do, it's just like, I want to share my hot take on everything. I want to share my opinion. There's a time and a place for that. And once you've built yourself up as an authority, I think, um, and in the process of building yourself as an authority, actually, I think that that can be helpful. But that's not the only kind of content that we really need if we want your podcast to support your business. Personally, I also really didn't love a lot of the interview style shows that I used to listen to. So in my experience, what I started to see in online business was that the same people were being interviewed on the same people's shows. Like they were all on a freaking tour together and it was like a sorority that somehow like you couldn't break into, but they were all friends And then every episode in these interviews was just like, no, you're so amazing. No, you're amazing. No, have I told you how incredible you are? But I, like, really love you. Like, I, like, love everything that you do. Like, can we just, like, talk a little bit more about how incredible you are? And that was, like, the whole interview. And I'm not just talking, like, one show or two shows many, many shows. (laughs) And it was many shows that I started to see the same big online business industry personalities on. Like I said, like they were on a tour together. Right. And don't get me wrong. These people are experts at what they do and they're successful. And like, that's all wonderful. But in my opinion, I was like, there are a lot of people that have a lot of things to say that don't have. You know, hundreds of thousands of followers or millions of dollars of revenue or this, that, or the other thing, or the fanciest like branding. There are a lot of people with incredible expertise who are doing really good work on the ground in the online business space who I wanted to help introduce you to. But at the same time, I also wanted this podcast to be for you, right? I didn't want it to be like me fangirling some person that I'm obsessed with just because that sounded fun to me. I wanted the podcast to be like here are helpful legal tips you you need to know. Here is an experience that I had like with this launch and here's what you need to take away from it. Not just me talking to you about how well my business is doing or how this thing went well for me or whatever. It's like how does that help you? How is that relevant to you, right? And you've probably noticed that I haven't had very many interviews and when I do have them, they are experts. They are people who give like really good tangible tips right like I always tell my team I don't want anybody on the show who doesn't come here and give you a lot of advice like you walk away with like a notebook full of all your notes from that episode I'm not here to stroke their ego I don't want them coming on to stroke mine either I want to talk to them about how they can help you build your online business. Right. So for me personally, that was like something that both inspired me to want to start my own podcast and honestly kept me away from doing it for a while because I was kind of like, if that's going to be the thing, like I don't really want to be in it, you know, but then I realized you can create your own thing. So, yeah, that's that. People also don't usually have podcasts set up in a way or even their businesses set up in a way to support their business. Right. So the podcast for me is a top of funnel. And this will all make sense when I get into my tips in a couple of minutes. But my podcast fits in like a little puzzle piece to the top of my funnel. Right. So I have a free legal workshop called the five steps to legally protect and grow your online business. In this podcast, there is an ad for that free workshop. Um, there's a link to it. I talk about it. And so really the podcast is a way of letting people know, bringing awareness to this free legal workshop that I have, right? Or maybe it's some other freebie that I've created, or maybe I have a call to action about something different in that episode. Maybe it's directly to my product, to the ultimate bundle, to my legal templates, to some event that I'm hosting. But the point is that the podcast is fitting in somewhere. It's like the liquid that's pouring into the top of a vase, right? And so I don't think that a lot of people think about it that way. Again, going back to my first comment about people thinking like, ooh, I'll start a podcast. It's a way for me to like pop off about all my thoughts in this industry. That's not really an intentional, purposive, you know, podcast that pours into your business intentionally. So that's what I would encourage you to do. And we're gonna flush that out here over the next couple of minutes. Honestly, you have to have the business kind of set up first, right? And so I do think that you could start a podcast early and that'd be great. And like, I wish I would have gotten started earlier. Um, But I also think it was great to have a very healthy, solid foundation of a business that I then understood exactly where, like I said, the podcast was going to fit in Um, because the podcast should be a lead generation. It can also be like a little mini funnel for you, right? It's, it's connecting with your audience. It's bringing product awareness and all that kind of stuff you can, and then encourage people to take the next step in your podcast episodes, right? Like book a call, download the thing, buy the thing. So yeah, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today and kind of my inspiration for like why I wanted to talk about some of the things that I have learned from starting my own podcast. In case you already have a podcast and maybe it's not doing as well as you'd like, or You've always wanted to start one, but haven't. I wanted to share a couple of things with you because I was probably where you are or might be where you are um, when I about this time last year. So I thought like, I can't start a podcast. No one's going to want to listen to this. No one wants to hear me up about legal stuff. I had a lot of l- stories that I had bought into about how nobody would want to listen to legal tips in a podcast and how that would be so boring Nobody would listen to it. I also wasn't sure if you would like me flipping between legal tips and like business tips and behind the scenes stuff because I didn't want to just talk about legal stuff. I don't even talk about that on social media and I don't talk about it to my customers. So I want to make sure, you know, that I had this ability to flip. But then I was like, but people, that's not going to make sense to people. People won't like it. I also thought I'd be a terrible interviewer and maybe I am. I don't know. But I really thought that that was going to be like a painful process for me and that I was going to have a lot of anxiety. I kind of built up the story about how hard that was going to be um, and how nobody might even want to come on my show because nobody, you know, had heard of it in the beginning. And I also had this thought, and maybe you have too, that podcasts were already too far along for me to enter in this late in the game. Like, oh, there's already podcasts out there. There's probably other legal podcasts. I have no idea because I don't consume any content from anybody who does anything even remotely close to what I do, but I'm sure there are. Right. Um, And I also just thought like there were lots of big podcasts by lots of big people who have millions of downloads and it just all felt so insurmountable. And like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of me throwing my hat in? Right. So I just wanted to share that with you in case you're you're feeling any of that. I am certainly not the expert in in terms of like helping you work through it. Um, but I would highly recommend by the way uh following Jen Diaz on on Instagram and like following her Java method and even joining her Java method membership. Uh she's actually going to be on the podcast later this summer, but I really learned a lot from her about some of these mindset stuff that, you know, pop up for you, but that's how I felt around starting the podcast and I can't say that I worked through it and then started the podcast. I would more say I had all of those thoughts and feelings and started the podcast anyway, <laughs> which tends to be my way of doing things, right? It's just kind of like a whole like close your eyes, hold your breath and just jump in because if you wait for everything to get perfect, if you wait for you to have a bigger audience, if you wait for your branding to be right, for all your tech to be right, you know, whatever, then you're not going to get started slash you're losing the opportunity to work on that all now, right? When no one's listening because podcasting is a skill and it's one that I don't know anything about. I'm very much learning and very much new at this still only 50 episodes in, right? So I'm I'm learning and this is something that you've got to like start somewhere with, right? And I just, I don't want you to put it off if it's something that you really enjoy doing. But I hope some of the tips I'm about to talk uh, with you about would help you in starting one that at least is headed in the right direction. So let's get into some of the tips that I have for you today about what I've learned from starting a podcast and what I hope will be helpful to you. So when you start a podcast, a lot of times people will ask me, like, do I have to register a new business for a podcast? Like if I already have a business and then I'm starting one, is that like its own thing? legally speaking, no, you don't register a different business. It's just a marketing tool that your business has, right? Whether it's a YouTube channel, a podcast doesn't matter. So that all falls under your business. But I like the way you're thinking because mentally, yes, I kind of think that you should treat your podcast like its own little business in the sense that it should have a business plan, right? So I really like the idea of having a business plan for your podcast that you know dives into who this is really for what is the show about what other things are on the market how does it differentiate between that right so what are what's going to be your unique advantage in your industry how do you approach things differently in your business or in your methodology that then you're going to bring to your podcast right So, you could also get really clear on like your niche and like how, you know, maybe even look up some stats about how they consume podcasts and what other kinds of podcasts they listen to, see what kinds of things that those podcasts are talking about. I would probably sketch out my first like 10 to 20 episodes, right? Keeping it flexible, but having an idea that you at least start to get into the habit of like ideation and coming up with consistent content topics. I love the idea of you planning content topics that are kind of like series right like related you don't necessarily have to do them in order but like so in my own business right it might be like contracts website policies um online courses like intellectual property those might be like content buckets and topics and then i might have different episodes on those things but you could essentially create like little playlist type things for all of the different topics that you talk about on your podcast so Creating this from the start with intention about who it's for, what your podcast is really about, why anybody should care, why should they listen to this, why is it going to be helpful to them, right? That's really the only reason to create this. And if you can't think of a reason why your podcast is going to be helpful to other people, then I probably wouldn't start the podcast that you're thinking of starting, right? Unless you just want to do it for fun which again, totally okay. But if you're doing it for your business, you have to be really, really clear on how the episodes are going to serve your ideal client, right? So getting into these like little tip episodes or doing visualization episodes where you could like walk people through a visualization. Um, If you have episodes that are about part of your story or part of something that you've experienced, how do we share that in a way that is also helpful to other people, right? It feels really good to share and to talk about our experience, but we also have to then share maybe lessons we took away from it or how they can apply it to their own life, business, finances, relationships. So we really have to be thinking about our podcast from the start, like a little business in that sense. And we have to remember that the podcast should be for our ideal client. Right. A lot of times in our space, I see people create podcasts or even have those interview episodes that are really not for their ideal client, but are either for themselves or for somebody else in our space. Right. So, like, sometimes this happens in the coaching space where we get so into this little coaching world and this bubble that we start creating content for each other and not for our ideal client. Right. So it's really important that we keep that in mind as to like, who are you really trying to work with? And is whatever, you know, interview or topic that you're trying to address in an episode, is it actually helpful for that ideal client? What kind of stuff does that ideal client want help with? What are they struggling with? What do they want to hear from you? What's not being addressed in your space, right? And you have to do all of that with the idea in mind of like how this content's being presented to you, right? So this podcast is through audio, right? So you're listening to this through audio. It wouldn't make sense for me to do something that's super visual that you would have to see, you know, or something like that. This podcast I tend to think is like people listening maybe while they're working, while they're taking a walk, while they're driving, while you're cooking dinner, while you're doing something around the house. If you're like me, you like fold laundry and do that kind of stuff with like my AirPods in. So I tend to think about that. I also think about how my ideal clients tend to be people who love to take notes, right? So I try to present things in a way that are like, here are five tips, tip one, two, three, four, five, so that it's easily like followable and you can really walk away with feeling like you got good, solid, organized notes out of something. So even getting down to that kind of detail of like how people are consuming it what their life looks like, right? Are, the, are we talking about busy parents that always have a child on their hip? Are we talking about people who are working a full-time job? Are we talking about people who are trying to start a business on the side? All of those people's lives look a little differently and might lead to them consuming your actual podcast differently. That might affect the way that you present it, might affect the length, you know? It might affect a lot of different things. You should also have a very specific niche in mind, right? And so to any of you who are worried about the same thing I was worried about, which was like, oh, there's so many, so many podcasts out there. Like, does anybody want to hear my podcast? Well, who does want to hear my podcast are the very specific people who I can help, right? People who want to start online businesses, coaches, consultants, course creators, service providers, people that are all different types of coaches, like literally from A to Z, any kind of coach, RDs, nutritionists, you know, therapists who want to create coaching businesses, copywriters, virtual assistants, ad strategists, like social media managers, all that kind of stuff. So as long as my topics are helpful to them, then I see it as being a good episode, right? It can be helpful. Every episode is not going to be helpful to every person, but in general. Right. I also think that titling has made a huge impact. So I really I I try to spend a lot of time titling very intentionally titling things. Um, I find that titling things in a way that intrigues people and makes them want to listen can be really helpful. I also think that very like uh, like clear titles can be helpful as well. Like four website policies every online business owner needs or something like that, that can be helpful as well as the more marketing type of thing of like, I don't do this if you don't want to get fired by a client or something like that, like something that would be intriguing to be like, oh, what shouldn't I do? You know, so you can play around with that. Again, those t- different titles might speak differently to your ideal clients. Maybe they love the super self-explanatory titles, Maybe your people like the ones that are a bit more marketing, you know, strategy focused. I feel like overall, when it comes to titling or even picking topics for the show, I have learned to have a mix of like the most frequently requested topics, right? So if somebody keeps asking you something again and again, that tends to be something I turn into a podcast episode. And then that podcast episode tends to go pretty well. There have also though, been podcast episodes I've created that I've thought like these are, what I would call foundational podcast episodes, like things about topics that you need to know. Um, There are also episodes that I've created to kind of create a resource bank for us so that when somebody DMs us or emails us and asks us a question that we get often, we can send them that podcast episode and they can listen to it, right? And that's important. And then there have been others that are more like rant type that I've just been like, I want to do this, right? This is important to me. It feels expressive to me. It's a good audience like connection builder. They actually tend to be the ones that get the most outreach, right? So maybe they don't uh, make sales or build the business in another way, but people engage a lot about those episodes. So that's just been the way that I've approached it. And that's what's worked for me. Once you have a podcast, I think it's really helpful to create some sort of surveying and polling um, habit to see what your audience likes in terms of time, topics that you should cover, um, whether or not you should do like Q&As, you know, answer like Q&As on your podcast every week if they want you to interview somebody. Like there are all kinds of things. But I think the point is that if you're creating a podcast and then you're like, is this thing on? I'm not sure if (laughs) this is working. Is anyone listening to this? Why aren't my numbers growing? And you're not asking for feedback, right? Um, Then that could be part of it because we do need to, there's a certain amount of like, we have to create this thing and put it out there in order to start getting some feedback. So there's going to be some scientific experimentation time, but then there comes a time when you can start asking for feedback. Like, what else would you like to hear from me? do you like when episodes are 30 minutes or 60 minutes? Do you like it if I have a shorty episode every once in a while, like 15 minutes or less? Um, you know, I I just asked the other day on Instagram whether people really like it when I go back and do like an introduction to the episode after I've already recorded it. Um, because I've listened to other people's podcasts sometimes where, you know, they'll They'll go back and record that. And then, you know, the audio engineer puts it at the beginning and says, like, in this episode, I actually end up talking about this and that. And I sometimes I'm like, yeah, why don't we just get to the episode? Right. So I'm trying to find my own middle ground where I do a little podcast introduction. I let you know what I'm going to talk about. But then I just go right into it. So I did some of that through polling. People said they didn't really care about having that kind of um, introduction to the podcast. I've asked about different podcast topics. I've also polled people when I knew that I had a recording day coming up. I will say like, hey, I'm recording a podcast episode on how to legally protect your online course. What online course questions do you want me to answer? And then people submitted them. And then that was last week's episode. I answered them right in the podcast episode. So you can integrate surveying and polling in all different kinds of ways. But I think that's like a great way to just integrate the actual feedback of the people that you want to listen to the episode anyway. So I think that social media has actually been the biggest place of like growth and learning for me when it's come to the podcast, because I had like a very, I don't know, normal, boring, maybe I don't know, normal uh social media strategy before I created the podcast, which was just like creating content directly for Instagram. I wasn't really ever creating content to push people to like my YouTube or anything like that. And so I was just kind of trucking along until I started the podcast. And at first, when I started the podcast, I just kind of assumed that I was supposed to do what everybody else did. And I was supposed to create like graphics that had like the show title and a picture of me and like episode number whatever. And something like On Your Terms and maybe even an audiogram. And I started posting all these, and we did that for months and months before we realized just how poorly they were all performing, right? And how it was actually pulling down my overall engagement um, and growth on on Instagram in particular because we were relying on it so heavily instead of posting any other kinds of content that we had. I just thought I was doing what we were supposed to do when it came to podcasts because that's what everybody else was doing. But... Between some of my own, like, reflections and thinking about it and then some of my sessions that I had with Natasha, who's been on the podcast before, and I'll, I'll link to our interview below, um, I came to realize that that wasn't the way to go about growing my podcast through Instagram or letting people know about an episode Instead, the place that I've kind of landed is creating content that's native to Instagram that might just be on the topic that I talk about on the podcast that week. But it's not necessarily like graphic driven, like listen to this episode type content. So let me give you an example. Like last week's episode was about how to legally protect an online course um, we haven't created the, the graphic for this yet, but I imagine it's going to be something like a checklist or an, uh, like a swipable carousel post that's going to teach you some of the legal tips that you need to know about legally protecting your course in the caption or maybe even on the last slide. If it's a carousel, we will then tell people that this is something I dive deeper to in that episode. Right. But the piece of content itself is helpful. It's bingeable, it's saveable, it's shareable, it's helpful. And so I think that was the biggest revelation I had like several months ago was just like, oh, we need to stop creating content that's like, listen to this, like just join. It's like the, I feel like it's like the Instagram equivalent to like, join my newsletter. (laughs) It just doesn't really do anything. It also, it all looks the same for like everybody who has a podcast. And so in my opinion, like what I started to notice, especially on stories as well, when we were like sharing those same graphics of stories is that it became very um, skippable. And and I think that people's eyes just kind of glaze over with the like mundaneness of it and, and how it looks the same as everybody else's. And so when somebody opens up your stories, and they see that there's like five, six, seven, eight more tiles um, that are just like the same tile or similar, or they're all super uh, like stylized. And then there's just like an audiogram playing. They're just like tap, 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 or maybe even just swiping to go to the next person. Right. That's, that's been my biggest like takeaway so far. And the biggest adjustment, probably the biggest area of growth that we've had to Um, shift through and figuring out like, how do you carry over marketing this podcast to other platforms where people predominantly want to stay on that platform? They want to enjoy that platform and they're not going to naturally like click to go leave to listen to a podcast episode right now. They're on Instagram, right? They're there to be on social. So I thought that was super helpful. I thought that just thinking of it as more of like an awareness thing and then, you know, giving people helpful content anyway. And, you know, you're already doing all the work of creating the episode. It's not that much more work, in fact, to like just create a savable piece of content as well. So if that's the, the best advice I can give you today, I hope that that helps you in, the, in like marketing your podcast a little bit easier on social media. So my next tip is something that I mentioned earlier, which is that your podcast should lead to the next natural step in your business, maybe depending on that episode and whatever topic that you're covering. So maybe the next natural step would be for somebody to download your freebie, to book a free call with you, to join your email list, to sign up for an event that you're hosting, um, to follow you on Instagram, to go watch a YouTube video. It depends on what it is, right? But in general. I don't want you to have podcast episodes that lead to nowhere. So your podcast episodes should lead somewhere and, and naturally encourage somebody to take the next step. Second to last tip that I have for you about starting a podcast or growing your podcast is that you've got to come up with some sort of review strategy, which is not something I had ever thought about when I started the podcast. First, all, I don't even think I realized how important reviews were. And second, I just thought like, if people like the the podcast, they're just going to leave a review because that's like a nice thing to do, and you know people are busy and they just don't do it. And maybe people assume that other people are doing it, um, or they just don't even know about reviews. But you really have to make uh, an impassioned plea to ha- to people to leave reviews, and just asking them isn't enough um, because unfortunately, that's just not how people work, right? So. Like right now, I could ask you, like, please just leave a review for on your terms. It helps us so much. And I also do like little shout outs and stuff. It's really fun. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you won't. Right. It'd be really cool if you did. But it is helpful when we give people like some sort of urgency, right? Like if you leave a review in the month of June, then we'll give you this prize or everybody who leaves something in July can come to this event for free or I'm going to send them out a secret freebie or a secret podcast episode, like some sort of urgency or something that's going to expire that would then push them to have to leave a review now versus waiting a week or two or months or never. Right. So it's something that I don't have a perfect science for. I'm working on it. It's something that I'm always asking for in every episode. I mean, at the very least, you should consistently in every episode ask for it, right? Have it maybe in your intro, outro type of thing. But playing around with some of these ideas um, has been... Uh, a challenge, but also something that's kind of cool to see, like, how else can we play with this and see if people can leave a review. But it's something you want to be aware of and have consistently built into your marketing for the podcast. Last but not least, what I have learned and what has been the most helpful to me in not missing a week, not skipping a beat with my podcast is batching. You need to record more than one episode at a time. Honestly, if you're going to get, like, all your stuff set up and your computer set up and sit somewhere quiet and, like, make something to drink and, like, sit down and get all your stuff out, it's worth your time to record at least more than one, right? So at least two. Um, Sometimes, I think, like, the most I can really do in one in one batching is three. And in a day, I could probably do like four or something like that. But I usually do them kind of in one chunk. I get up, I walk around for a minute or two in between. I'll go to the bathroom. I come back. I do another one. So at the very, very least, I want to encourage you to always set the intention and the goal of knocking out two at a time. You're going to thank me later because if you do like two, 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 eventually, you're going to be like, "Whoa, I'm way ahead. Right. I'm like weeks and months ahead. The other reason that I want you to do this is because if there's ever an emergency in your business, like what you know happened with me, that my dad passed all of a sudden, um, or you just go through a busy time or you're on vacation or you're going through a launch and a promo, this stuff's already gonna be done. And you can have your your podcast going out, you know, once per week or whatever interval you're gonna do consistently, because that's probably something that, you know, uh, some a real expert in podcasting would tell you is that consistency is key. You can't post five episodes and then ghost everybody for a month and then post two episodes and then ghost everybody for a few weeks. So we want to have consistency of like once a week, I would say at least. Um, and posting all of that consistently is going to require batching. The other thing that my operations manager, Lindsay, who's a genius, um, taught me about was batching these in like in in terms of tasks as well. So I used to just think about batching in terms of batch recording, but batching is also, there are, there are kind of many phases to creating a podcast, right? So there's ideation, which is coming up with all the ideas, flushing them out, surveying, asking for feedback, doing the Q&As on social media, that kind of stuff. Then there's, at least this is how I do it. Then there's outlining, right? Which is deciding what exactly you're going to talk about in that episode, how you're going to structure it. If you have to do a little bit of research for a lot of my episodes, I have to do a lot of research, gathering all the links and the resources. So I do all of that. The third phase is then recording. And then the fourth phase is writing all of the assets for it. So I write all of the emails that go to my email list that introduce the episodes, um, a lot of the social media stuff that goes out for it and anything else that people need from me related to the podcast. So those are kind of the four main categories of the types of tasks that have to be done. And so what we started doing is that every month, a different week it corresponds to a different one of those categories. So maybe the first week is like ideation and planning, then outlining, then recording, and then writing. right? So that's a great way to batch them all together so that you're never stuck doing everything all at once, which is what I used to do, which was like batch recording, then that same day I was like trying to write four emails and then the next day I was trying to like outline more episodes and it just starts to be a lot. So that's really what I've learned from starting a podcast. It would mean the world to me if you did a few things for me. One, If you have not left a review for On Your Terms already, please do that after you listen to this episode. So many of you write to me and tell me you listen all the time and I am so appreciative and I love that. But I certainly hope you've left a review. I would also love to give you a shout out and I'd love to gift you a $20 Starbucks gift card if we pick you as the winner. So go ahead and leave a review. The second thing you can do is go ahead and tag me on social media. Share this episode. Let me know that you listened and celebrate that we've done 50 episodes together. I would absolutely love that. And last but not least, if you think that somebody else, one of your friends, would benefit from this episode, go ahead and just shoot them a text, send them the link to this episode real quick. It's a great way to spread the word about on your terms. I so appreciate you listening to this episode. I'm going to drop all the links and resources in the show notes for you, including my interview with Natasha about how to talk about your podcast on social media. I'm also going to drop my interview with Katie Steckley, who owns Creatorly Media, um, who helps people learn how to start YouTube channels and podcasts. So she had so many good tips for you in that episode. And so I'm going to drop all those for you below. Until next week, I will see you then. I hope you have a great rest of your week.